Welcome to No Rain Date, a community podcast about local news and people. No Rain Date is a production of Saucon Source LLC. For more local news and information, please visit SaucinSource.com. Hello, No Rain Date listeners, and welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm Josh Popachak, the host of No Rain Date and the publisher of Sock and Source, here with the news headlines for the week ending May 22nd, 2021. Of course, this was a big week in politics with the primary election that was held on Tuesday. We reported on a number of local election results and of course, since it was a primary and an off year, local election year, turnout was relatively light. However, it was heavier than it normally is. The numbers that I saw reflected a turnout of about 20%, maybe a little more in places. That's actually pretty good, which is kind of sad. I can recall recent primaries in which the turnout was something like 12%. So we really need to do a better job of turning out for the primaries and all local elections for that matter. They really matter. They impact you in many ways. Quality of life issues are decided by local governments. Taxes are determined by local governments. So I'm not going to get too high on my soapbox with that one, but it's always well worth stressing that that we do need to do the work and remember to vote. And it's easier now than ever before with no excuse mail-in voting, at least for now. Many people took advantage of that in this primary. It was interesting to see the division in terms of who voted by mail and who voted in person along party lines. And I pointed that out in... One of the stories we published, which was about the Saucon Valley School Board election, the primary, in that primary, all of the seven candidates placed in at least the top, in the top four spots on either the Democratic or the Republican ballot, which means that all of them will be on the ballot in November. There are four open seats, so you merely had to get into the top four on one of the ballots. That's the way the Pennsylvania system works. Those candidates are mostly cross-filed. However, there is one candidate who ran only as a Republican in the primary and another who ran, or two rather, who ran as Democrats. The seven candidates include four incumbents. They are Shamim Paxad, Tracy Magnata, Cedric Detmar, and Sandra Miller. The three challengers are John Conti, Raquel Barbera, and Vivian Demko. So those are the seven that will be on the general election ballot in November. Before I get away from that topic, as I said, there was an interesting divide in terms of how votes were cast along party lines with Democrats much more likely to vote by mail. There were approximately 5,100 votes cast by Democrats in the Saucon Valley School Board election, and about 53.5% were cast in person, 46.5% were cast by mail. In the Republican primary, the vast majority of votes were cast in person, 88.8%, or about 3,700 votes, were cast in person, and just 464 votes, or 11.2%, were cast by mail. Obviously, if you follow the news, you know that there is a serious debate going on in the country about voting and voting rights, how votes are cast. This is sort of a hangover from the 2020 election that was so bitter in many ways, and we're still feeling the after effects of that election, and it's trickled down to local elections. Clearly, where things go from here remains to be seen, but certainly in many states with Republican-controlled legislatures, there are efforts underway to limit voting by mail, and that's why I said earlier 
voting by mail is possible with no excuses for now in Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania does have a Republican-controlled legislature, and it remains to be seen whether whether changes will be made to the law that really opened things up in terms of voting by mail in 2019, just in time for the pandemic to occur. And likely, voting by mail kept some people from getting seriously ill during the height of the pandemic last year. So for that reason alone, you would think it would be preserved or expanded from how it exists now. Rather, the opposite is true. It's actually under threat. And we will continue to follow that story as it evolves. The Republicans who control the state legislature did score a victory in the primary this week with their amendment questions, which sought to roll back the powers that Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf had in, in terms of disaster emergency declarations, and he exercised those powers repeatedly all throughout the coronavirus pandemic. That became a highly contentious issue and a partisan issue, and again, that was reflected in the outcome of the vote. Although it was relatively close, the opponents of Wolf's broad powers for enacting disaster emergency declarations prevailed in the election, which was not really a surprise. Pennsylvania voters have not voted down a ballot amendment since 1993. Partly this has to do with the way the questions are worded. You almost need a translation in many cases to decipher them, so I think it's easier to vote in the affirmative in those cases. Certainly there's some psychology in play with the voting in the affirmative. It's a shame that the questions can at least be worded in everyday English without the use of double negatives and and that type of construction that can muddy the waters. I know I've had to read some of them several times and I'm pretty adept at reading after this many years of reporting the news. So, um, so there, there's some some tricks that are that are employed by the authors of these questions, and it's just a shame I think that that there isn't more oversight or rules for how they can be written. It's a game ultimately, and right now the Republicans scored a point you could say, with the outcome of that vote, or those votes rather. There were two different questions about Wolf's powers, and voters approved stripping them in both cases. The 90-day disaster declaration has been reduced to 21 days. The legislature will have much more control over the ability to extend that, in the future, and they are moving immediately to take as much control of that process as they can. We had a story by Spotlight PA about this, and you can read more about it in that article. In terms of other races, we also reported on the Southern Lehigh School Board primary, which was even more crowded than the Saucon Valley primary. There were 11 candidates running in the primary for a total of four seats on the board. Eight of the candidates, eight out of the 11, advanced to the general election. So that will be an interesting one in the fall. Both the Saucon Valley and the Southern Lehigh School Board races will be interesting, but in Southern Lehigh's case, there's more acrimony because of the district's decision to offer hybrid schooling instead of in-person. Saucon Valley, as many of you know, from the very beginning of the 2020-2021 school year, offered full-time in-person learning for students as an option, and about 80% of families went with that. Saucon Valley was one of the few districts to do that, and the consensus seems to be that overall it worked well There were certainly COVID cases throughout the year among both students and staff, but the numbers were not astronomical by any means. And certainly toward the end of the year, as overall case numbers have declined, the numbers within the district have 
also declined. So the parents of the students are, from what I understand, primarily happy with the way things went as far as that response goes. And the school board incumbents are running on a platform that includes taking credit for the response that the district had to COVID and keeping kids safe while keeping them in school is sort of how I would characterize their characterization of the response. In Southern Lehigh, even though it's adjacent to Saucon Valley, the story was different, as I said, and the opposition to the hybrid model, which some parents feel is highly detrimental to their children's education, led to the formation of an ad hoc parents group called Southern Lehigh Advocates for Full Education. Out of this group, a number of candidacies for school board emerged, and it is those four candidates who ran on the SLAFE platform who prevailed in the Republican primary in Southern Lehigh. So that was not really a big surprise to anyone watching this race. It's going to be an interesting fall election, and I encourage you to be as informed as possible, and we'll do our part in in helping you with that as we continue to profile the candidates and their views, their goals. We'll do a lot more of that after Labor Day. Typically over the summer, things sort of cool off with elections, and everybody sort of takes a break and gears up for the fall. The one other race that we specifically profiled was the district judges race in West Bethlehem and Fountain Hill in Lehigh County. There were two candidates on the ballot. Both were cross-filed. Amy Zanelli is a Lehigh County commissioner and a realtor. She's also a resident of Fountain Hill. We welcomed her on No Rain Date a couple months ago. It was a great interview. You can go back and listen to that to learn more about her accomplishments and what she would like to do if elected to the district judgeship. The other candidate was Van Scott Sr., who is a retired Bethlehem police officer, as well as a teacher at DeSales University. He is from Bethlehem. Both candidates seem to have some things in common, and and I should mention that Van Scott was also a guest on No Rain Date, and you can go back and, and hear his interview as well. I know many people have listened to both interviews, and hopefully that helped when they were going to the polls or voting by mail. That was certainly our goal in in having the candidates on as guests. What happened in the election was Amy Zanelli won the Democratic primary and Van Scott won the Republican primary. So it's going to be a rematch in the fall, essentially. And of course, we will cover that. This is the district judge's seat that opened up with the death of Wayne Mora in November 2020. So there's going to be quite a lot of work to do once somebody is elected to that seat because he died in November. And since then, a backlog of cases has been accumulating. In other news, we reported this week on a four-legged retirement at the Lower Saucon Township Police Department. Atos, a canine officer, has hung up his badge after approximately eight years with the department, very much loved member of Lower Saucon Police Department. Atos is a Belgian Malinois, which is a type of dog specifically well-suited for military and police work due to its temperament, its high level of intelligence, and its ferocity when needed. That's why Atos's replacement, Titus, is a member of the same breed. Titus is taking over from his colleague. Atos will now enjoy a well-deserved retirement at home with Lower Saucon officer Steve Kunigas, who was his partner this entire time. So we wish them the best, and certainly we will be following Titus and his career and look forward to seeing some of the great work that he's going to do. We also had a lot of business news this week. And we're still in the process of sharing some of it on Sock and Source. One of the stories we had is about the new Weiss supermarket that has opened at the Westgate Mall in Bethlehem. 
it's new in quotes because there was a Weiss supermarket in the mall, but it was in a different location. The company purchased the former Bonton department store at the north end of the mall and moved their store, which was sort of in the center of the complex, into the former Bonton space, which is probably something like twice the size of the former store, a much more open space. There's a beer and wine section, which is new. There's also a pharmacy, a section for Weiss to go, which is a, an online delivery platform that the company has and makes it easier for customers to shop online. And they simply come to that entrance and pick up their groceries. Other sections that are expanded include prepared foods. And of course, there are more checkouts. One of the interesting observations I saw from many people on my post on my Facebook page about this new store is that they felt there were too many self-scan registers and that the company was sort of pushing people, I guess, to use them over traditional registers in which a cashier checks you out. To some degree, I think this is a matter of personal preference. There also seems to be a bit of a, of a generational divide, perhaps, with what is preferred. Personally, I like both. I'll use both depending on what I'm doing and how busy the store is and a number of different factors. I think it's always great to have multiple options to suit the needs of the, of the individual. And that's certainly what I interpreted the, the new self-scan registers as simply another option for people to enjoy, and I hope they will. There's also a gas station at this new Weiss with coupons that went out to many Bethlehem area residents. You can accrue 400 gas points with a $25 purchase, which is pretty nice because normally you'd have to spend $400 to get 400 gas points. So that was a draw for many people to visit the store, which opened May 13th. So it is still new and many people will continue to check it out, I'm sure, in the weeks to come. Other business news is from the South Side area, Bethlehem, as well as Fountain Hill. In Fountain Hill, a new sports bar called Game Time Sports Bar will be opening at the corner of Benner Street and Broadway. You may recall that this building, which is a small stone structure, formerly a residence, it's a very old building. Previously, it was a restaurant known as Saranda's, which was a fine dining establishment that was open for a couple years there. Prior to that, it was the Benner Street Inn, which was open for many years and was even profiled on a reality show, Robert Irving's show, in which restaurants that are struggling were given a makeover. And I remember when that happened, it was pretty exciting. They had the street closed off for filming the episode there and hundreds of people were watching outside. I think this was in 2014. Unfortunately, with all the changes, the restaurant still ended up closing within about a year, I would say. And it was after that that it became Saranda's. So if you look at the history of this building, it's and the businesses that have occupied it. There's been a little bit of something for everyone in recent years. The new sports bar, as I mentioned, Game Time, is supposed to open in the mid-June time period. It will have two stories. The upstairs will feature a lounge area that's for members because there is a membership option. You can learn more about that on their website, which I visited. The sports bar will have 50 flat screen TVs, so certainly if you want to have a TV tuned into your favorite game, this might be the place to go because there are so many that likely one of them will have it on. Of course, if you visit the website, you'll learn more about the menu and other options that they will have available. There will be parking and a lot on Benner Street. We'll certainly continue to share news about any grand opening celebrations that may be planned. The other news from the Southside area concerns the former Ahart supermarket, which closed earlier this spring and caused a lot of concern among residents and 
city officials due to the fact that the South Side and Fountain Hill area is already considered by many to be a food desert or a borderline food desert, meaning there is less access than there should be to fresh foods, produce, and, and the like. This is a common issue many urban areas are dealing with in the United States because in past decades, most major supermarkets have built new stores in suburban areas. So that has sort of like reduced access to fresh foods in urban cores. And Bethlehem, Allentown, and Easton all have areas that could be considered food deserts currently. The good news is that another supermarket will open in the Ahart's building. It's going to be called Ideal Food Basket. And we have a story about that, a little bit more information about it, but the owner of Ideal Food Basket is Juan Diaz, who also owns Seatown, another local supermarket chain. There is a Seatown on the south side on 3rd Street. So if you're curious about what Seatown is about, you can check that out. It is a full service supermarket. And certainly that's a, a good thing because many people in the area walk They may not have easy access to public transportation, so this will hopefully help them. And also Lehigh students, many in that area, were customers at Ahart's, and I'm sure they will be customers at the news store. That's our roundup for this week, but before I sign off, I wanted to remind you that we have a wonderful tool for keeping up with the news here at Sock & Source called our newsletter. And you can subscribe to the newsletter at sockandsource.com. We have rolled out a couple new features for the newsletter, including a photo of the day, which is open to our readers. You can submit a local photo of a natural scene or historic area, perhaps, and be entered to win a gift card at the end of the month, entered in a random drawing, if we feature your photo in the newsletter. And so far, we've had two entries and two features so that's pretty exciting i'm looking forward to getting some more submissions the other thing we've added is an announcement section at this point we're primarily just featuring one spotlight announcement in the newsletter which goes out every monday wednesday and friday so friday's announcement is about the saucon valley farmers market this weekend and what's going to be going on there if you have something that's of community significance you can certainly email me at josh at sockandsource.com and i'll consider it for that section that's our news roundup for the week ending may 22nd 2021 and have a great week here at sock and source our mission is to provide information and make it as available as possible to the people in our community A large part of that is a public service and we're grateful for the support we have from local advertisers because that revenue helps keep the information flowing to you, our readers and listeners. Local news production does cost money and that's why we've also introduced a voluntary membership option on Sock and Source and we'd like to tell you a little more about that. Essentially the membership is a recurring monthly contribution that shows your support for the work that we're doing. It helps guarantee that the information will remain free and accessible to you as well as to others in our community and it also helps fund our future growth. Sock and Source is growing and we're expanding our coverage area. The more support we receive from the community, the better coverage we can provide and the more useful the site will be to you. So that's why we would invite you to visit our membership page on the website sockandsource.com. You can do that by clicking on join under my sock and source, which you'll see on the right side of your screen if you're on a desktop or at the bottom of any article page. You'll see several membership options, including a monthly membership for $7, a four-month membership for $25, or a yearly membership for $70. These are strictly voluntary contribution levels, and they're not any part of a paywall. There's no requirement to contribute, but we are grateful for those who have already done so, and we hope that you will consider purchasing a membership in the future. 
Doing so is quick and easy. You can do it securely online and you can cancel at any time. Thank you again to all our current members and thank you for considering becoming a future member. It's my pleasure this week on No Rain Date to welcome two friends and business associates who I've known for some time, the owners of Phoenix Fire Media and HomeSpot Media, Chad Clauser and Justin Tora. Thank you for joining us on No Rain Date. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. I've known you guys for at least several years now. A number of years, yeah. We met through mutual acquaintances in the real estate business. That's sort of where your wheelhouse has been for a number of years, but in the past couple years, you've grown and expanded your photography, videography business to include other other types of work. That's right. It was only so fun having one business that uh, <laughs> we decided to start another one and double our workload for everything. But yeah, I started HomeSpot Media. I founded it in 2014. I had other partners, business partners at the time. They were in the insurance industry. and We came together with my marketing skills and they were doing some video work at that time. We came up with a plan to kind of combine the two and then offer that to real estate agents. So we had a marketing package and a photo and video package that nobody had really done that before, or combined it before. So, you know, people were doing home tours. There's a lot of great photographers. The premise was, you know, what does a photographer do? They take photos of the listing for real estate, they give it to the agent, and then it's up to them to do whatever they're going to do with it. Maybe put it on the multiple listing service and, you know, maybe post it somewhere. Where we saw the advantage was that if we take the photo or video and we have the original content, we can then take that content and if we're managing their marketing, we can post that across their social sites, we can build property websites, uh, we can get it out a lot of places for them, we can run paid targeted advertising for it. And it just really took off from there. We, got, we started getting people a lot of exposure, things started selling quicker than maybe they had been before. So it just kind of took off from there. About a year into it, maybe a little bit less, I was interviewing and adding staff. I picked up Justin at that point. Yeah, I was and, fresh uh, out of East Strasburg University, looking for a job for a while. At first it was a part-time opening. Yeah, it might have been part-time first. Sure. But I think Chad liked me so much that he gave me a full-time position right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've been together for a while for HomeSpot Media. Yeah. Um, I was able to bring my photo-video expertise into it and change a couple of things and bring some new ideas to you know, improve some things, you know, and Chad's expertise in the marketing just kind of worked out very well. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there have probably been, you know, a dozen iterations of the services that we offer over the years, just as we've expanded the things that we've included and, you know, adding different things on and tweaking the photo and video services. And as the technology grows too, you know, we've, we've been through multiple versions of drones now, and they've gone from being these gigantic things to these you know, pretty small and efficient machines, and the cameras have all changed. The 360 cameras are, are really updated now, too, so it's been a ride with the technology, too. Yeah, it's, it's, really it's always evolving, and we're always trying to keep up with the latest technology, latest trends. It's changing every year. You know, things are getting more advanced. Yeah, I'm curious about drones, because, like, I, I feel like in 2014, like, the drone was kind of like an exotic, you know, yeah. luxury. I mean, it was type. almost the size of this table. And, yeah. You know, it could only fly for a few minutes and there weren't too many guidelines at that at that point. It was kind of the Wild West then, and, you know, not it's that long ago. It's more regulated now. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely more regulated, but uh, each of our photographers have always been FAA licensed. We're insured to fly them, you know. We've, we've done it the right way from the beginning and we're very careful about flying in particular. Yeah, it is absolutely 100% illegal to fly drones commercially without that license. Right, right. I think a lot of people, I hope most people know that now. Yeah, yeah, um, it's yeah, pretty common knowledge at this point, I think. And the thing coming up too, and we might touch on is there's gonna be, uh, all drones are going to broadcast who the pilot is and the serial number. Yeah, remote identification. Um, remote, remote identification, yeah, that's, it's like a license plate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's coming into place in the next year or two, I think. It's gonna be mandatory for everything. Mm -hmm. We fly DJI stuff, which already broadcasts that info, but it's gonna be mandatory. So you'll be able to have a f an app on your phone, and if you see a drone in the air, you'll be able to identify it through an app and know exactly who's flying it and you know what company they're with or whatever. Wow. That's, so that's, that's awesome. kind of an interesting development, but yeah. back to the business. Uh, in 2018, we had an opportunity to buy the business from the previous 
partners that we had. I jumped at the chance. It was something that I had always wanted to do. I brought Justin in on it. Him and I have owned it completely since 2018, and that's kind of when we made the decision. We were in Allentown at the time. We had always kind of wanted to be in a Bethlehem location just because it's more central to the Lehigh Valley. So mm -hmm. from here in North Bethlehem, we can hit 22 or 78 pretty easily and you know, work the larger region as far as uh, you know, photo and video shoots go. It was difficult looking for a good location for us because we needed, we, we're in our studio right now, and we needed you know, a big enough space to incorporate a big studio like this and conference room and editing suite. And it was difficult to find something. And then uh, Chad found this building, which was an old HVAC place, and it was mostly unfinished. So we were able to outfit it for exactly what we needed. Yeah, and it's good to know realtors, you know. Was, <laughs> we were looking for a while and somebody had pointed out this location and, you know, everything just kind of fell into place with it. At that time, the market isn't what it is now. We actually had a below this price offer on it and got it. You know, it was a pretty good deal. The, the space needed a lot of outfitting. It was, Justin said, it was like an open warehouse in here. And, mm -hmm. you know, we designed it, did the floor plan for it, and, you know, had the walls built and stuff and uh, outfitted it for a studio, for conference rooms. Or, we had two conference rooms, but we outfitted it so that we would have two conference rooms as well as a studio. And our office up in the back, you know, where everybody is. So I think it's a kind of a perfect fit now for what we're doing. We have room to expand on the other side of the building here. If we ever grow out of the space we're in, you know, we can kind of add on to. So uh, it's, it's been a good experience too. And, and uh, I think we've always liked Bethlehem as a location as well. And yeah, I like, well, I, I used to live in this neighborhood for one thing. So it's, it's, it is convenient yeah. and it's quiet, you know, basically residential, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're a commercial building in a residential neighborhood. We had to get a zoning variance before it was a light manufacturing building. So we had to just essentially get a zoning variance for office space, and, you know, photography studio, which wasn't a big deal, really. But you, stuff you don't expect to go through as you, you know, own a business and buy a building. And, right. And the complexities multiply rapidly mm -hmm. at that point, I think. Yeah. So how many staff do you have now, and, and what do they sort of focus on? Yeah, we have six uh, full-time, including six. us, yeah. So Justin and I run the day-to-day -day operations. He's also one of the photographers. I don't do the uh, photography. I'm more on the uh, office side of stuff and yeah, billing and I do some photography, videography, mainly the creative director overseeing all photo video work that, you know, goes on. And then we have... I think two. Kyle's been with us the longest. Kyle Elliott is uh, one of yeah. our photographer videographers. He does mostly... Uh, drone pilot. Yeah, he does mostly the home tour stuff and photos for real estate. Hannah actually went to college with. She lost her job during COVID. And, you know, I always wanted her to work for me. So as, as soon as I knew that, I said, you're hired. Let's go. She was living in Reading. She actually moved here to work here. And uh, it's been working out. She does home tours too. She's also an excellent product and food photographer because that was mainly what her background was in. Mm -hmm. So that actually brought a lot of help over on the Phoenix Fire side when we do food photography, product photography and stuff like that. And that Phoenix Fire kind of came about, I would say the beginnings of it in 2018 when we bought the business, we started kicking around, you know, the idea of expanding outside of real estate a little bit. Yeah. And if we're going to get into other things, does it make sense to use HomeSpot Media? Because we were so, and have been so well known for the real estate industry that it was hard to break out of that with the name Homespot mm -hmm. Media because people just kept associating us with real estate, which, you know, is a good thing. Right. But our LLC is Phoenix Fire Media, so we decided to take that name and brand it as kind of an offshoot of the business so that we could diversify from the real estate market a little bit. And not that we don't love real estate, it's just that the market these days is so insane. You know, people put up a house and it sells in two days. You know, they don't need as much video content these days, you know, so we right. still have our clients that are doing photography and, you know, some of them still do video on everything as, you know, part of their portfolio or whatever. It's not but available yeah, it's, for very long. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And we're trying to get things out to them as quickly as possible these days because we know that, you know, they might have an offer the next day that it goes on the market. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty crazy. So, so Phoenix Fire is set up to kind of, you know, diversify some of that business and, like Justin said, you know, we've gotten into some other things. Hannah is certified to shoot for Uber Eats and Grubhub. So we've done some food photography stuff for those companies. We've done some product photography for people that have stuff on Amazon and Etsy. You know, Etsy, yeah, there's a, a couple of local Etsy people that bring in their stuff. They lug their stuff to our studio and we take some cool pictures of it. And, you know, then they have professional photography on their websites. And yeah, we've worked with some other small businesses in the area. We work closely with a uh, web developer 
anytime he has a new client or is designing a website, he always refers them us to for the photo video. Yeah, That's Ryan at Step 5 Creative. Yeah, because he knows photos. we're always going to do an outstanding job and exceed everyone's expectations with what they need, you know. Yeah. So um, like he's somebody's opening a new restaurant and they're obviously designing a website for Right, and they need they need content. They don't want to use someone's cell building. phone pictures for, you know, something that's gonna show like stock photos. Yeah. Right. Very obvious. <laughs> it's like you want it to be original to the business, so we go in and we take the pictures and videos and we do all kinds of stuff. One you might be familiar with is Nick's Barbecue. Yes. Uh, he's out of, out of Suwaiko. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we did his food photography and I think Step 5 did his website mm -hmm. and, uh, and we were able to help them rebrand everything and got them some great food photography and also some good food. <laughs> it's always a plus. Yeah. No, it's, I, I need to get over there to try his food. I mean, we've had a story about Nick not that long ago, Nick's Barbecue. and. Your photos are mouthwatering looking, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to do that. I think there's, I mean, that's a huge growth area because mm -hmm. there's no shortage of eateries around here. Sure, yeah, so you see like, kind of a new restaurant pop up every other day, and yeah, you know. I actually get sad when I see pictures taken from a cell phone. It's just, you know, <laughs> it doesn't do the food justice. You do you ever want to like reach out to them and be like, hey? We do know, once like, in a while. If I see, if see something that I like, I'm like, ah, oh, he can't cell phone pictures like this yeah of this kind of food you know so we'll reach out but outside of food i mean we just we're working with a new client division three robotics they uh install and manage husqvarna automowers hmm. so it's an automower for a yard at the click of a button the robot cuts your grass wow you never have to cut your grass again so we're i need that <laughs> <laughs> so they lay down the boundary wire and program and update all the robots and perform all the maintenance and do all the other things that the robots can't do like the weed whacking and trimming of the hedges and but the homeowner can just, you know, go on the app and the click of a button, it just mows your lawn. You can set a schedule so you don't have to click anything. You know, it, it goes back to a charging station and it's really cool. But we uh, manage their social accounts and uh, are doing custom content, photos, videos and stuff. Actually, their website's being updated shortly too. Like yeah, I referred them over to Ryan at Step 5, so they're going to be redoing their website there with them too. But yeah, so we're getting some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see something like that. I mean, I was that's that's cutting edge, literally. So yeah. it's cool to be involved at that level. Yeah, so brighter days now than you know, the, the last year we were we were through, I guess, and everybody was through. Well, but, uh, I wanted yeah. to touch on that. I mean, in March 2020, were you a little apprehensive about the state of things because of the shutdown? And yeah, I mean, it's kind of. It's kind of weird thinking back on it now, you know, because it, it was just such a surprise to everybody. And, mm -hmm. um, and we knew and something was coming, but we didn't know it was just going to be And I remember my, my last in-person client meeting, she said, oh, it's not a big deal. Only like five people have this thing. Like, it's not going to be a big deal. <laughs> you know? And then like the next week, it's like, oh, man, they're shutting down everything. Yeah, real estate. Real, so, I mean, we, back then, we were primarily doing real estate, you know. The real estate was shut down for, what, right. two months? Pennsylvania was the only state in the country that did not allow real estate to continue I know. during COVID. So, and I mean, I get it. You know, people are traveling inside and in and out of houses and, you know, I mean, there's ways to do it, you know, safely. But I understand why uh, it was shut down. But it was shut down for two months and we were doing nothing for two months. You know, it was a little scary. Yeah. You know, we didn't know what was going to happen and when it was going to open back up. But it was interesting. Real estate opened up a few weeks early for the restrictions. Some of the restrictions were lifted, and uh, yeah, we were full speed. Right I mean, away. it wasn't even an hour after the governor announced that real estate was opened <laughs> back up, and we had or seventeen orders, six missed calls on the phones, emails wow. coming in. So it was just yeah, everybody was raring to go. Yeah, it's up and just, running the second he announced it. I mean, to this day, our photographers sterilize all of their equipment. They go in with face masks and gloves and shoe covers, and you know we're still being very cautious about everything, but. You know, we're also glad that we're out of that, uh, the woods of, the, of that a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's nice to be in business again. And, you know, that was part of the reason for Phoenix Fire, too. You know, that was kind of a, a little scare, a business scare for us, too, that, you know, should we have all of our eggs in the real estate basket? I mean, it's a pretty, it's already cyclical and seasonal. And then you throw in something like COVID and it's, wow, you know, we, we better, yeah. <laughs> we better get into a couple of other things and, you know, we'll, we'll stay with what we're good at. But yeah. uh, I mean, we always wanted to, we knew the talent that we had and what we could do and what we could offer. And there's a, there, we saw the potential for this to grow, mm -hmm. you know, but I think COVID kind of 
kicked us in the butt. Like, hey, let's yeah, <laughs> let's, let's get this going. This, yeah. So it's it's been a it's been a ride, sure. And uh, Homespot Media continues to be strong. We're still innovating on that side on the real estate stuff. You know, we we add new equipment, and new cameras, and new things on a fairly regular basis. We just upgraded some drones, and we got a second uh, 360 camera, so we can do those. Yeah, the those 360 tours. The 360 tours really kicked off because of COVID, because people weren't able to look at houses. Right. But with the 360 tour, you could actually like click on the points and walk through the house yourself. Almost self-guided tour and you know, high def. Right. Uh, so it's certainly a lot better than yeah, just looking at photos, which yeah. don't give you that spatial right. orientation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the only downside to that, I think, is that it shows every corner of every room, so you can't hide, you know, <laughs> anything negative. It really shows every corner of the space. Yeah, the home has to be ready to go. Yeah, video is a little different, where we can, you know, sh just hit the highlights on stuff and mm -hmm. make sure that we showcase all the great things about a property. So, you know, we have people that do one or the other, or sometimes both, and you know, we have good quality stuff to do it. So. I'm always excited when I open a real estate listing and I see your photos because then I know it's going to be quality photos yeah. that I'm looking at and not just a few photos either. I mean, you really are thorough. And I think I can tell one of your photos even before I see the logo in the corner because yeah. you have like a certain aesthetic, you know, and, and it's high quality, but I wanted you to maybe touch on that a little bit. The thing, the thing that's important is that, you know, even if we have three or four different photographers doing shoots, you shouldn't be able to tell the difference between those photos, you know, regardless of who the photographer is. But, you know, Justin, you talk a little bit about what the creative side yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, when we, when we first started this, we were just testing out different settings and different ways to shoot. And I think finally, shortly after I arrived, we kind of got a set way to do the shoots, set settings set angles, you know, set process for the whole thing. And it just became seamless, you know, I could, and that might be another misconception, like we don't just do high-end houses, we do everything across the board, you know? So everything's gonna be the same process and look the same whether I'm shooting a $100,000 house or a $6 million house, mm -hmm. you know, which we shot before. Mm -hmm. You know, it just made it easy to have everything the same and everyone knows what to do and had to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. that's one of the things that was lacking initially was having a process and, mm -hmm. you know, Justin was really uh, instrumental in kind of being the creative director and setting up those guidelines for things so that we do have consistency. It's, yeah, it's not important. just with shooting, but the editing also. I mean, there's mm -hmm. set things that we do with the editing to... Which, by the way, is, you know, you don't just come in and press a button and a video is edited, <laughs> which some people think. I know, we yeah. had the, I, we've gotten emails before, like, an hour after the shoot, they're like, all right, where's the photos in the video? And it's, you know, I... <laughs> Things take a little bit of time to yeah, make them look nice. Yeah, what is the turnaround time? Because we're pretty quick. I mean, we we might probably might be the fastest in Lehigh Valley, but our turnaround time we guarantee photos within one business day, video within one to three business days, depending on how our shoot schedule is, mm -hmm. and three sixty tours between one and two business days, depending on how our schedule is. Now, behind the scenes on that, you know. If you saw the original photos compared to edited photos, I think you'd be pretty surprised at how different they look, you know? Yeah, I mean, we, we adjust for color, contrast, clarity, and all that good stuff. We do not manipulate the photos in any way. According to NAR, it is not legal to alter the... The National Association of Realtors who has yeah, guidelines in place where, you know, let's say there's a, a crack in the chimney of a house. You can't Photoshop that out because then right. you're misrepresenting mm -hmm. the property. Yeah, you're so. misrepresenting the property and altering how the property actually is the condition of it you know so we can't do any of that but you know we can do sky replacements and virtual staging and stuff like that virtual do, staging you know? i was mm -hmm. gonna bring that and that's up. come a long way too you know it used to look really clunky yeah um, now it's oh my like these days you can't, can't tell, tell. <laughs> i know you do a, a double take kind of like is that yeah. real or but i guess they have to put on the photo that it's virtually staged or uh, we usually recommend that it's at least in like the remarks. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you, you, can, that, you, you know, so the, but the well, furniture doesn't come with the house anyway. Yeah, know, a right. lot of times people, the real estate agent will put you know both the staged and unstaged photos in there. You know, mm -hmm. not every photo was going to be virtual staged, just a couple, just so people can see you know what it would look like with stuff in it. You know, yeah, give you an idea of you know furniture in an open space. You mm -hmm. know? So we've been actually doing a little bit more of that lately. You know, especially on vacant stuff, people just like to show a little bit of lived-in feel kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, but we also get in other stuff, you know, 3D renders and architectural drawings, and we do floor plans, and we can redraw blueprints, and a host of other things that kind of go along with the 
photography and videography. Yeah, and, we're you know, pretty much a one-stop shop for whatever you need. Have you done like time lapse for construction? Yeah, we yeah. have. We actually have one set, set up right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a huge complex that's Eastern Yards. Eastern Yards. And it's yeah. gone together now. It was an old, was it a factory building or factory something? Factory or something or something like that. Yeah, but they're being renovated into, you know, luxury apartments. So we have uh, two time lapse cameras on either side. They've been up for a couple of years now. Yeah, probably um, this, we've been on that project, you know, code kind of put a pause on, on mm -hmm. it. So we've had our cameras yeah. out there probably two yeah. years. It's, it's looking pretty good. I just checked the cameras the other day. It's come a long way. So they're the facade's pretty much almost done. Yeah, so we'll we'll be able to show from the initial demolition to the finished product, you know, in a two or three minute video, whatever it ends up being, that took yeah. you know two or three years to <laughs> wow. to actually complete. So stuff like that's yeah. Cool and those cameras it. have come a long way. The first time those cameras we had, they were a little clunky. The quality wasn't great, and you had to set the presets within the camera. Now it's a you know four K camera that I can control from my phone. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's pretty cool stuff. What awesome. about events that's on your website? Uh, yeah, we're a member of the Chamber. We have been for a little while now, so we cover some of the, the events. We've done a few ribbon cuttings. We've done mm -hmm. a few you know, grand openings for a few places. and Business um, sort of oriented. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, uh, some businesses do lunch and learns, and they want you know photos of it. And mm -hmm. come and take photos. There's a lot of wedding photographers that can do weddings that we don't want to do necessarily. <laughs> you know, like we don't get into that stuff, but... You know, events as in business events is more something yeah. that we cover. Mm -hmm. Great openings and things. Cool. Well, we hope to have lots of those to cover. Yeah. <laughs> Your geographic area that you serve, is it limited to the Lehigh Valley? Yeah, well, you know, or? Phoenix Fire, I think, is a little bit different, especially coming up with some of the things that we have on the mm -hmm. schedule. For Homespot Media, as far as real estate listings, it's generally the greater Lehigh Valley we do have a contract photographer working for us that will do stuff outside the Lehigh Valley. So he's gone, you know, north to the Poconos and south towards Philly and, you know, cover some of those areas. Understandably, we have, like, travel up charges for that stuff, you know, because it's, you know, if somebody's, it, it's hard to send one of my in-house guys to a shoot towards Philly because then they're out all day when they could have been on two or three or four shoots in the Lehigh Valley. Mm -hmm. So we tend to contract that with the guy that works exclusively with us. Uh, to do some of the outside stuff, but we can pretty much handle anything. You know, I wouldn't want to go much further than like Philly. It gets a little too far after that. That's about the range of home spot. Phoenix Fire is now working with some bigger companies that are doing things kind of all over the country. So we're shortly probably going to be shooting some multi-day stuff in New York. Where's the other one? Is it Maryland? Delaware? Maryland? Uh, we're looking at a few on-location shoots for, uh, for a big company we're going to be working with yeah. soon. We've gotten some decent accounts with Phoenix Fire. We've been able to get some attention to it pretty quickly. A couple months ago, I got a call from the guy who was pretty much managing the Walmart e-commerce center down in between Bethlehem and Hellertown here. Mm -hmm. They have, what do you say, 1,300 employees, probably more, and they used to have monthly meetings, you know, mm -hmm. in big groups or multiple groups, and they can't do that now because of COVID. So he reached out to us, and they wanted to do, reached out to Phoenix Fire, and he wanted us to do to film their meetings in our studio. So a couple people will come into our studio and say a couple things and we'll add graphics and I was inside the Commerce Center and did a, got a whole bunch of B-roll shots and we got some drone shots to put over top and it turned out really well. So now they can hit all their employees with a single video for everything they need to get across. Yeah, English, Spanish subtitles. Mm -hmm. They've been doing it monthly for a little while now. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a cool project that we've, we've been able to take on too. And that sounds like a positive, you know, adaptation for their business sure. as well. So it's cool to see the the types of innovation that have happened due to COVID. And, and yeah, it's definitely you, changed the way you know everybody thinks about things. And a lot of people now are, if they haven't already, are redoing their websites and you know trying to make things more virtual. And you know we can be a benefit to a lot of those, at least small businesses that are doing that kind of stuff too. Because I think we're in a range where we're more affordable than most companies doing video production are. Mm -hmm. There's several notable Lehigh Valley companies doing video production. And I would say, you know, they go after the hospitals and the big places and their costs might be, you know, $1,000 per minute for a production for, you know, you know, a large corporation or whatever. We're, we're more targeted at small businesses and, you know, we're definitely not, not in that price range. Uh, <laughs> no, trying to keep I mean, it as affordable as possible for people because we're business owners too. You know, yeah. we understand that 
you know, uh-huh. that's your bottom line and we want to help people as well. I think for a lot of small business owners, when they think about video, unfortunately, but realistically, the first thing they think is it's going to be expensive. So, you know, how do you manage costs while providing, you know, a high quality product for them? Like, say I'm a, you know, I just opened a little food truck or something, you know, you probably don't have a big budget, but every client's different. All their needs are always different. How much they need is always different. What I always do is sit, sit down with them or you know talk to them over the phone right now and discuss like what are their needs, what do they want to improve on, what how much do they actually need. And then we'll come up with a game plan for photos, videos, and come up with a budget that works for them and also works for us. You know, so we're always willing to work with people for whatever they need. Mm-hmm. You know, a food truck with ten items is a different than a restaurant with fifty items, you know. So right. it's it's always very different, but yeah, we're definitely trying to help out other small businesses. You know, that's what Lehigh Valley is all about. Yeah, and every year we also select a handful of nonprofits to do some pro bono stuff for. Just this year so far, we photographed all of the virtual auction items for Turning Point mm-hmm. um, of Lehigh Valley. Yeah. So everything that was on their virtual auction was uh, photographed by us right here in our studio. Um, right here in the studio, yeah. We did a video for the PCFLV, the Pediatric Cancer Foundation. <laughs> that was like a promotional video for them where we interviewed their executive director and their staff and a couple of people that they've helped and you mm-hmm. did some of those over Zoom and yeah, that screen was, capture. That was interesting. I had to, you know, they couldn't come in so I had a screen capture over Zoom but it actually worked out well and gave them some pointers to try to make it look as good as possible. We also did a bunch, a series of videos for the cancer support community of Lehigh Valley. Right. We right. Each did, one of their staff members yeah. and, or mentors? or Every uh, staff member or mentor came in and did a uh, just a short like interview about themselves. Just like a minute long video. Just what they do and you know why so, they joined. Again, it's, it's something people are doing now. You know, They hit a website and you, know, you might see a picture of somebody, but now they have a video of each person kind of saying a little bit about themselves and there's a comfort level to that, especially, you know, people dealing with cancer and things that are that are going through some of that stuff. I think we've kind of helped them, you know, you can get to know somebody just through the website before you interact with that person, you know, by way of a video. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we did, those are three things we did so far this year that were, you know, we did pro bono for those folks just to give back to our community, you know. It seems like once you have established that relationship, you know, with with a client, you really do a lot to maintain it, like, over time. Like, you're not just going to, like, let somebody fall off the face of the <laughs> earth because I mean the content has to remain fresh too. Sure, um, it does. You don't want to like in twenty twenty two be like looking at a site and oh here's our COVID response you know like because yeah. for a while that was everybody had to have a video about that. It does get dated so. Yeah, yeah I mean I did see a lot of places revamping their social, revamping their websites because I mean even before COVID, online was where people looked first. You know, that's where mm-hmm. people, they're going to, first thing they're going to do is Google search it. Then they're going to look at your website. And if it's outdated or if there's no content, they're going to go to the next person. But that increased after COVID and during COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, people can go anywhere. So, yeah, they're looking online first. So if your online presence, no matter what business you have, your online presence is extremely important right now. It's mm-hmm. one of the, it should be one of the most important things you're looking at right now. Because that's what people are doing. They're looking online first. Yeah, and it's the same way for HomeSpot Media, too. I mean, every every realtor that we work with, and we generally, you know, have about 100 realtors under under our marketing services. If you're looking for a realtor right now in this market, and you look up somebody, and, you know, one person has all these five-star reviews across all of their profiles, and everything's polished, and, you know, the, they it's show, very consistent. They show up on Google. Their show website shows search, up. Yeah, versus another agent where you type in their name, and... Maybe oh, it shows the wrong company. Or there's, a, there's a realtor.com profile that has no picture and nothing on it, or, you know, you can't find anything. Big turn off or red flag. <laughs> yeah. So one of the first things we do when we pull on a new person for our marketing services is we go through all of their sites and profiles with a fine-tooth comb and just make sure everything's up to date and accurate. And, you know, they'll come in and get a new portrait and we'll update everything there and make sure everything's very consistent and, and just kind of locked up for them. And from there, we're very consistent with their marketing. They'll get content posts across their social sites every other day just to make sure, you know, if somebody hits their Facebook page that's been updated, you know, regardless of whether they have listings or or recent sales, you know, there's content going out. So that's the key, you know, is consistency, not only on, you know, small businesses, but across our clients in real estate too. And 
And we keep in touch with them, like you said. Every uh, four or five weeks or so, we have right now virtual meetings with them. We go through all their marketing services. We're updating all their social stats. We're checking all that stuff out and making sure everything's up to date and running smoothly for them. Is that challenging at all with managing Facebook or Instagram? Because those platforms are evolving all the time, too. Yeah, just about every week, Facebook changes (laughs) something on you. It's pretty consistent. So, yeah, we have a staff member that's certified through Facebook. So they've gone through the training to do the ad certification there so we can run targeted ads. With real estate, it adds another layer because you have to be fair housing compliant also. Mm -hmm. So we see a lot of times... If somebody's running their own ad for real estate stuff, it gets kicked and the ad never runs because it's not fair housing compliant. So you just have to be aware of those things too. But recently, Facebook added something called a creator studio, which allows us now to post video through Facebook to Instagram TV. So something we couldn't do a few months ago is now we can take the video tours that we're shooting for realtors and we can not only post them to their Facebook business page, but through to their Instagram account as a video that shows up on their timeline and we can do paid targeted advertising on it. Hmm. So recent development, you know, and Facebook changes stuff, like I said, you know, just about every week there's something different or or a link's broken and you can't just pick up the phone and call Facebook. It's like, you know, support ticket after support ticket to try and get something uh, fixed with them. But we have somebody that's very on top of that stuff. Yeah, you almost have to have somebody just dedicated dedicated to that. That's great to know. What's a recent project that you worked on that was unique or it stands out to you. I, I think uh, the fun one's going to be Division Three, which yeah, we touched on. Yeah, that was on, recent, and is, uh, that was that was really cool. The automotors, <laughs> you know, that's it's pretty cool technology advancement, which is finally something that's generally available and affordable at this point. You know, like I think you're going to see more and more people have these little robotic mowers in their yard, and you know, right. just driving around cutting the grass when. Rain or shine. Cats or dogs riding on them. <laughs> <laughs> so they're actually really safe. They have a lot of safety measures in place, so they can go they can run right over stuff and not harm it. Wow. It's you know, it's pretty the, safe. The technology's come a long way. It's yeah. cool. The last shoot I was on actually had so division three, like I said, not only do they, you know, set up the uh, automotive for you and guide wire and stuff like that, but they also do all the other maintenance. So we had at someone's house that works with them, the automower was going. We had one guy wee-whacking, another guy blowing leaves, and I had the drone following the robot. We got some pretty cool shots, so it's, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Wow, I'm excited to see, to see how that turns out. What else? We have some upcoming stuff. We're going to be working with Christmas City Studio on mm-hmm. a project. Rob Baker's the, the guy that runs the show at uh, Christmas City, and we know him through the Executive Forum of the Lehigh Valley. We're, we're members of the Executive Forum, which is basically a group of business owners, CEOs, you know, shot callers essentially, higher end folks that can get together and network and, and kind of use each other as resources and help each other. And that's a good group, that's a good networking group that uh, we're involved it with is. as well. As you know, Christmas City does a lot of the school portraits and mm-hmm. senior photos, but they can't do presentations right now. So they want to put the right. senior... They used to be able to go into an auditorium for right. the kids and you know do their presentation, which is not something that um, you know they're allowing these days. Right. Yeah, so he wants to put the senior portrait presentation into an eye-catching video which we're going to be working on next week. That's very cool. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so there's, I mean, we cover a wide range of different things that people need. Mm -hmm. And you have examples on your website on the Phoenix Fire. Yeah, pretty much every category that we cover. You know, there's there's food photography examples on there. There's business video. There's the ribbon cuttings and things. Mm -hmm. Almost everything we do, we have examples of on the Phoenix Fire website. And then HomeSpot Media, of course, our YouTube channels probably has 5,000 homes that we at least shot. <laughs> we so. do have other examples of our, on our website, but the YouTube channel has every single home tour we've ever shot, mm-hmm. you know. Wow. That's a lot of houses. Yeah, Sold. Yeah, yeah. Some, of them, some of them two times, maybe three times. There was one house we did shoot three times. Three times. Yeah. Just over the course of, you know, since 2014. Right. Like, the it, house it, it was been listed sold two or three times. times. <laughs> and we happen to have the client, you know, it's... It's funny that we, you know, we go back and we get to see one of these homes that's gone through changes in a decade, and then, you know, we get to shoot it two or three times. That's kind of a cool experience too, to just to see what's yeah. changed and what's different. And we should, we shot some pretty <coughs> unique properties with uh, HomeSpot Media. We shot the Blue Mountain Estate. 
Blue Mountain Estate is a house that was designed by the guy who designed houses for Bill Gates and Steve, and Steve Jobs. Jobs. Yeah. It's currently for sale. Craig Sachs of Keller Williams is the listing agent on that. I forget the exact price on it. I don't want to missay it, but I think it's around yeah. $5 million. Somewhere around 5 or $6 million. Uh, But a mm -hmm. really cool house, really nice stone architecture. And yeah, mm -hmm. right up on Hawk Mountain. Place. I mean, the views are gorgeous. And yeah. just the unique architecture that's involved in that house is mm -hmm. outstanding. Yeah. yeah. I think I saw that online. Yeah. That he's he's got a second one up in New Ringgold, too, that's a Hawkview Estate, which is you know an equally impressive but very different architecturally. Yeah. But a luxury home, you know, multi-million dollar house. We shot 180 Nazareth in Nazareth. That was an $8 million property. 8.9 at one point. Um, custom yeah. home, you know, kind of a, almost like a log-built place, but, uh, you know, an $8 million mansion. Yeah. Uh, but it's on it's on huge acreage. It's got other buildings on the property, you know. Right. And these are the houses that aren't going to sell overnight. Right, right, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> as, as good as the market is, you know, there's only so many millionaires. and. Uh, but you'd be surprised stuff, even, you know, stuff we didn't see last year are, you know, four or five hundred thousand dollar houses selling relatively quickly, the weeks instead of months at this point. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's an indication of, of how good the real estate market is. So it's been interesting, but, you know, we might go from, you know, these guys stay humble because we can go from shooting an eight million dollar house one day to shooting, you know, Lehigh student housing <laughs> the, the next day that's, you know, in pretty rough shape, mm -hmm. uh, you know, after the students are out of it. But yeah, it's... Uh, you know, it, it, it keeps us busy. Uh, we're very diverse in what we do, not only in HomeSpot Media, but in Phoenix Fire Media. So, you know, we've been, we've been pretty fortunate. Looking ahead towards the future, what kinds of trends do you foresee in terms of video production, the types that you do? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, Justin can probably speak to this a little bit more. I, I know the drones have just advanced so significantly. You know, we've gone through you know, maybe four or five different versions at this point, but now, you know, they have collision avoidance sensors and these high-resolution cameras, and that's really been a big development in, in making everything look better, where we can use drones that are significantly yeah, I, involved technology. I think the trend that I'm seeing now is shorter, quick-cut videos. People don't want to sit through anything long. I mean, even before, you know, years ago, people don't want to sit through anything long, but you can scrub through. But now I think people want to see everything within a minute. You know, whether it be a home or a promotional video for a business or something, you know, it's just more the way social media is evolving to be, you yeah. know, bite-sized stuff rather yeah. than these long, you know, involved tours. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you need a couple of minutes to show an entire home. Um, from yeah, the back. if you want to shoot every room, it's gonna take. <laughs> you know, the tour is gonna be a little bit longer. You know, but I think what I see now is people just kind of want to hit the highlights and that's it. But yeah, not only homes, but you know, with and I would businesses say, too. On almost every like high-end luxury home that we've shot, we've done multiple versions where there's a one long home tour that'll take you through the whole place room by room, and there's a quick cut 30 second, you know, here's the highlights, and we can use both of those versions to kind of not only promote the listing, but advertise across social media mm -hmm. too, more bite-sized pieces, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great, a great idea to have two versions like mm -hmm. that, because I guess if you, if you like the quick, ver quick and dirty version, then you can watch the longer version, sure. but yeah. saves time. In addition to your websites, how can people connect with you and follow you and learn more yeah, about Yeah, so you? homespotmedia.com is our website for there, and phoenixfiremedia.com is the, the Phoenix Fire site. Those are kind of the main places, and of course our contact info is on there. Mm -hmm. You can pretty much search the name of either company and find us across social media. We're very active across all of those sites and profiles. Of course, you know, we have emails that are info at homespotmedia.com and info at phoenixfiremedia.com as it's just a general you know contact point mm -hmm. or just give us a call the phone number is same for both 610-973-3710 so as i always prefer talking to people over the phone than mm -hmm. going back and forth between emails just you know a lot nicer to hear someone's voice and you know yeah, figure get, out what they we need. get to know people too you know it's a it, it, as big as the lehigh valley is it's a pretty small community you know you, you're i'm always surprised at how i run into somebody and they know somebody that knows somebody and you know, it, it ends up being a small world, so uh, yeah, yeah, we like to do business with the people in our community. You know? Right, and like you said, the executive forum is, is a great place for connecting with. Yeah, yeah, we're we're there biweekly. Uh, we never miss a meeting. We actually uh, are helping them out with some social media stuff. I'm on the marketing committee now for that forum. After every, there's a presentation basically every meeting, and after every meeting, we will we'll shoot a quick business tip from the presenter and take that video and post that across social media sites too. So you'll see some of our work if you look up that group too. Yeah, solid group of folks, nice networking group. And
we've got some good context there. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you both for joining us, and we look forward to continuing to work with you and and help you know our readers learn more about Homespot and Phoenix Fire and our listeners. So we're excited for uh, all the great things that you're working on now and the future too. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having awesome us. Being on here. I appreciate it. We've been recording No Rain Date since late 2019, and we've produced a fair number of episodes at this point. We would love to hear your feedback about what we're doing. What makes you tune in every week? What ideas do you have for interview guests? Is there something that you think the podcast is missing? Feel free to share your thoughts, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent with us. You can do that by emailing josh at josh at com. No Rain Date is a local news and information podcast, and we focus on the Saucon Valley. However, our guests are from the Lehigh Valley and beyond. So please try and keep that in the back of your mind when you're thinking about ideas for future episodes. Thank you. No Rain Date is an original production of Sock and Source, LLC. Our theme music is provided by This Way to the Egress. For more great music by them, be sure to follow This Way to the Egress on Spotify. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.